Welcome to this week's message from Crosspoint Community Church. You can find us on the web at crosspointonline.org. There, you can find links to our social media accounts. Led by Pastor Mike Deese, we meet every Sunday at 11 a.m. in Roswell, Georgia. Now presenting this week's message. All right, I'm going to take just a few moments uh, just to uh, invite you and me to really to take a look at, you know, what's going on right now because the reality is whether we felt the full impact of it or not, you know, I mean, our world has changed, you know, over uh, this last week or so. Um, Wow. I mean, and, you know, many of you felt it as far as your retirement, the stock market and all of the volatility there. But all the closings, the school closing, the universities, the borders, uh, flights that are shutting down, um, concerts, you know, have uh, been canceled, uh, conventions. We got some people that really know that well. Um, you know, grocery stores, you know, depleted of stuff. It's quite amazing. As a matter of fact, uh, 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 I really wanted to put on our sign, uh, you know, yes, we're open, free toilet paper to uh, first-time guests. And uh, I thought I might be inviting a lot of, a lot of sickness in here. But uh, anyway, so, I mean, but I mean, think about it. No NBA, M, uh, MLB, NHL, SEC, ACC, NCAA, you know, Disney, all of that. And to add insult to injury, no masters. You know, for us, you know, it's just like, Wow. Um, what's going on? The, 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 media, the social media is on steroids. The news media is at a fe- uh, feeding frenzy. Opinions are more numerous than the grains of the sand of the sea. It's just, it's a lot, a lot to take in. We are on information overload, and uh, we are being really bombarded with information, and we're being told what to do and what to think and all that. But, um, you know, as we were praying and deliberating, you know, even over our meeting today, I just really felt that it was uh, imperative, you know, for me and for us to really hear from God, you know, as a follower of Jesus Christ. And if you're not, if you're still investigating that, you know, Jesus uh, is our hope. You know, uh, God loved us so much that he sent Jesus to help us understand what life is really all about anyway. But as Christians and followers of his, you know, how should we think? How should we feel? How should we respond, you know, during this time? And uh, just imperative for us to hear from God. And that's what a lot of what we have learned during the, um, uh, the, during the Daniel plan. Think about it, cross-pointers. I mean, over the last six weeks, isn't that what God has? It's almost as if he prepared us specifically. He has prepared us, you know, through the faith, the food, the focus, the, the friends, uh, the fitness, the whole aspect of saying, listen, I want you to really understand that it's not about information, but it's about applying who I am and allowing me to be uh, who I am in your life. And so I want to look at it from, from two uh, different ways, and I'll do it as quickly as I can. But, you know, what does God want us to know? And obviously I cannot share all of that. 
Uh, he has to speak to you through His Holy Spirit. What does God want us to know and what does God want us to do in light of, you know, the, this new uh, pandemic that we are experiencing? And uh, obviously there's a whole lot of information out there, but uh, I've got one good uh, 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 thesis. If you'd like, if you're interested and you don't want about an eight-page read, you know, from a good, solid theologian standpoint uh, and just understanding the history of pandemics and things of that nature, you know, that I can share with you. But, you know, what does God want us to know? And then what does God want us to do? Does that sound fair enough? Well, let's just pray and ask Him to just do that. Father God, we come and humbly bow before you. Uh, We gather here today and we just ask, number one, for your presence to be experienced in a deep and intimate way because we know that you're here. Whatever it is that that may be going on in our individual lives that uh, would block you, Lord, reveal that so that we can just lay it down and encounter you in 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 a wonderful and amazing way. And Lord, we pray for your protection on us today as, uh, Lord, we come together uh, spiritually, uh, uh, emotionally, uh, and physically, Lord. Just we pray for your protection today. We, we want to know you and, and, and to experience you. Uh, we want to be your hands and feet. We want to be your sons and daughters in a way that we know and experience your love, but we also are faithfully Uh, following you. So Lord, just uh, reveal through your Holy Spirit, through your word today, that which you have specifically for us, all for your glory. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so there's an outline there in your your bulletin, and then we have this uh, here on our screen. But I think when it comes just... What God wants us to know, the first thing is this verse that Jesus has to say in John 16, the overall perspective. In the world you will have tribulation and distress and suffering, but be courageous, be confident, be undaunted, be filled with joy. I have overcome the world. I think this is the uh, predominant mindset that God would have us as followers of His. You know, as Christians, to to not be ruled by fear, uh, to not be influenced, you know, by all different kind of information, but to be listening and hearing from Him, but to come out of a foundation of knowing that Jesus, you know, has overcome the world. Now, in this, he, uh, He is speaking specifically... Uh, about the fallenness uh, that we have experienced. But I think that God wants us to understand during this time and to live in a way through our character, through our countenance in every way, you know, that God is still on the throne, uh, that uh, He is still in control, uh, but we, and He is still sovereign. But uh, here are two two things I, I would like for us to see. As far as what does God want us to know is this. God is good and redeems what He allows. Now, I do not believe that uh, in my understanding that, you know, that this is, you know, like God's judgment, you know, on the world. I mean, historically, through you, you'd see uh, God would just give some warning, like uh, he warned Nineveh, like, guys, y'all better turn around or we're, there's going to be some, some major stuff. So I, I'm not up here to say this is, you know, a sign of God's judgment, but it is a sign that we live in a broken world. We, our world is broken, um, but God redeems what he allows. Look at this uh, passage here. The earth suffers for the sins of its people, for they have twisted the instructions of God and violated His laws and broken His covenant. Uh, And it goes on to say, next slide, Therefore, 
The earth has broken down and has utterly collapsed. Everything is lost, abandoned, and confused. We live in a broken world. And, and we can anticipate and expect this, that it's, it's not going to get better, you know, uh, as far as our world is concerned, apart from the redemptive hand of God. Uh, but God is good, and He redeems what He allows. Now, as far as followers of His, we have, we have a hope. We have a reason that we don't panic, that we don't go in hysteria, that we don't live this self-promoting uh, life, and that is that we know this of God, His promise to us. The next verse from Romans 8, 28, uh, that so many of us have clinged to, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him and have been called according to His purpose. So He wants us to live with that complete confidence. We know, we know that even though that we as Christians will suffer, because we're, we're, we're not excluded uh, from the, this virus, we're, we're not excluded. And if we're praying, God, you know, protect our family, we need to be praying that. But listen, our faith is not in our faith. Our faith is in the sovereign one. Okay? And so, but we know that in all things he worked for good. And God wants us to live every day with that awareness uh, that he is working for our good and for his glory. So our countenance, our speech, everything uh, that we do, all the actions and behaviors that we have should reflect this. He wants us to know He is good and He redeems us. God is already at work in this pandemic. And He wants us to embrace that and to join Him in that. Next verse, and this is what we can have. It says, we can have joy even in our troubles because what? Because we know that these troubles produce endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And this hope will not disappoint us because God has poured His love to fill our hearts. All right, so, so, so here, here's the deal. It's that, you know, whatever we may experience through this time, God is always at work producing in us the likeness of His Son, Jesus Christ, His character. And so we... He's saying, I want you to know this. I, I want you to know I am good. No matter if bad things happen, I am good and that I redeem what I allow. And I'm all about that. That's what the whole story of Christ is, is, is of for me and you is that he is a God of redemption. He takes and he redeems us. So that's, that's, that's a good stuff. So, number one, God is good and he allows, uh, he redeems what he allows. Number two, what God wants us to know, there's more to the story. Such, so much of what is uh, the actions and behaviors, uh, it's what one calls, you know, in the Eastern cultures, more of a cyclical view of life. In, in our Western cultures, more linear, linear it has been, you know. Uh, but now in, 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 in this generation, it seems more and more, they call it the dot culture. It's all about me. You know, it's all about my and so, so much of the response, and, and we need to be careful in, in this time and not to judge, but so much of the response has been self-preservation. And that is never a reflection of Jesus Christ. 
You know, and the fact, as a matter of fact, what I'm going to say is one of the, the Christian things we can do is uh, we're going to have, t- at the end of the service, tithes and offerings. Maybe your offering is a roll of toilet paper for those of us that don't have none. Because, oh, there's some people been out stockpiling toilet paper. You know, um, wow. You know, and uh, Kelly said he saw some yesterday at, at Kroger. Oh, it didn't last long. But see, you're an early riser. What were you there, 4 o'clock? Oh, 5.30 in the morning. Yeah, okay, yeah, great. Uh, so, I mean, whew. Um, all right, there's more to the story. You've heard me say time and time again, we are in the land of the dying, and God's calling us the land to the living. That's why Jesus came. But it's as if it's all about the here and now. There is so much more to the story, uh, God's story and our story. So he gives us his perspective. We often suffer, but we're never crushed. Even when we don't know what to do, we never give up. In times of trouble, God is with us. And when we are knocked down, we get up again. This is what we do as followers of Christ. It goes on to say, because what? Because we know God raised the Lord back to life. And just as he raised Jesus, he will also raise us back to life and bring us into his presence together. All right. So he wants us to live every day in our conversation, in our practice, in our behaviors because of what we know. There's so much more to the story than the here and now. It's what's on God's heart. And he is at work in this crisis to reveal to a lost and dying world. It's not just about the here and now. You know, I, I saw, you know, there's so much stuff on social media, you know, but it's, you know, I saw one thing that says it's interesting. You know, it's, it's, it's something to think about, you know, that the media tells us the, uh, the virus, the coronavirus is coming and we panic. The Bible tells us that Jesus is coming back and we Wait a minute. We are in the land of the dying, and God's calling us and inviting us to the land of the living. That's not to say we're to be dumb or stupid. Felicia tells me not to say that word stupid. Uh, that we are to, to be reckless and, and, and mindless and thoughtless, you know, about the here and now. God wants us to be. We've already heard that God is very much cares about this, but we put it in perspective. You know, the Bible, Jesus says, he said, don't worry about the person that can kill your your body, but worry about the one that can destroy your soul. And he he wants us to ride a ship right here. It's so much about this now. And he said, no, 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 it's all about what I've created you for. And that is a relationship with me. So here's what he says in the next passage. So we don't focus on the troubles we see right now. Instead, we look forward to what we don't yet see. For the troubles we see are now temporary, but the joys will come uh, to come will last forever. So what does he want us to know is that this is the, this is the countenance that, that he wants us to have. This is the assurance that he wants us to have that as we are dealing with people every day and feeling totally, fully justified about, oh, you know, about what they're doing and the, and the control that they think they have, to, to say, wait a minute, you know, yes, I am concerned. Yes, I'm going to be there and all that. But listen, are you thinking about your soul? Or are, you, are you thinking about the, the real reason that you exist, and that is for a love relationship with God the Father? 
Let's spend some time. Let's spend some time talking a little bit more about that because, see, uh, God is calling us one day into experience His glory forever. And there will come a day that we can point people to this next verse out of Revelation. Then God will wipe away every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things will pass away. It's a tremendous opportunity for us to be able to to share God's perspective uh, during this time of crisis and panic and concern. So much more that God would want us to know. And what I implore of you is to do, you know, what uh, we just heard testimony of is that, that, that quiet time just to, to, to hear from God. Hear from God. God, what do you want to say? It's so much of what we hear is through His Word, His relevant Word. The word relevant means having significant bearing on the matters at hand. Does this have significant matter, uh, bearing on the matters at hand? Absolutely. Absolutely. What does God want me to do? Just a few, just a few pointers here. I want to, uh, uh, you go ahead and grab your Bible and turn with me to Philippians, Philippians chapter 4. Uh, I think to summarize this, before we look at that, let's look at this verse right here. I like the way the ESV puts it. It says, therefore, verse 1 of Philippians 4, therefore, my dear and precious friends whom I deeply love, now arise in the fullness of your union with our Lord. I, I am really impressed that this is a time where God is saying, church, arise. Christian, arise. Don't conform to the pattern of this culture. Don't conform by (laughs) mimicking the fear and the panic and all of that, but I want you to be transformed by the renewing of your mind, the presence of my spirit within you, and I want church, arise. Matter of fact, several of the things have said this is an unprecedented, unprecedented, perhaps an unparalleled time since the very early church for small communities of faith to have an influence, to influence the direction of our culture. And that's what we've been talking about. We are better together. How dependent we are on one another. And so God wants to teach us how to do and be the community in these smaller groups. Right? Okay. All right. Let's read this. Uh, Philippians chapter 4. Oh, I've got to be quite fast here. Pray for me. Therefore, verse 1, Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown. This is how you should stand firm in the Lord, dear friends. And then uh, he has a little specific thing to say to a couple of folks there, but pick up at verse 4. He was saying, y'all get it together. Work this stuff out because y'all are, you know, Christians. Verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. 
Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put them into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. Uh, Again, he's saying, I want you to apply this. I want you to put it into practice. I want you to live it every single day. You know, this is not a subculture thing. This is not Christianese. This is about being a child of the living God and having a personal relationship with him. So let's just look at a few things, uh, three things. Obviously, hear from God what he wants you to do, but I think three things for, uh, for us as a followers of him. Number one, rejoice in Jesus always. What's that verse says? Rejoice in the Lord always. It doesn't say rejoice in the Lord when times are good and rejoice in the Lord when it's convenient. Uh, it says, and it doesn't say rejoice in the crisis. It says rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. So if you're going to say it again in the Bible, that means really rejoice. Uh, so, you know, it, you know, we can say, how, how, can we, how can we rejoice in a time like this? Because our trust, because our confidence, because our security is in our Savior. Because we know that God is at work. That we know that He is sovereign. And that in this crisis, He always redeems what He allows. And He is using this to bring attention to the mortality of people. Hey, I need a Savior. He is already at work in this crisis, and he's saying, church, arise and join me in this. But the way you do that is by first being settled and at peace with him. Rejoice. 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 Number two, refuse to worry. And this, I mean, this is for some of us. We say, oh, I, I'm just, I'm a worrier. Nope, no, nope, no. Nope. The Bible speaks of this time and time again. Let me give you just a practical reason uh, not to worry, because worry reduces uh, your, your resistance. <laughs> worry messes you up. I mean, from, from the, matter of fact, if you worry, uh, you're more apt to catch all kind of sicknesses and diseases. Oh, we just learned about that, didn't we? That our body and our faith and all of this is interconnected. Oh, God's amazing. There, there are practical reasons, not just psychological reasons, but refuse to worry. The world's in a panic. Uh, one uh, uh, professor of psychology said, the fear of this virus may spread faster than the virus itself. I think we've already seen that. Yeah. Okay? Uh, you know, um, he, and he pointed out specifically how, was it about 10 years ago, uh, when the swine flu uh, uh, not only increased uh, the concerns about the flu, but it says during that time, all people became more worried about every other aspect of getting a heart attack, dying in an accident, uh, being a victim. I mean, once you open the door to worry about this, you open the door to worry, period. Refuse to worry. The the, The Bible's answer to that is this. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. You and I do not have this uh capacity in and of ourselves. That, that is a fruit and a result of God's work in us as we continue to surrender and submit to Him. And as we allow Him to breathe His wonderful words of life into us. Refuse to worry. Uh, refuse to be ruled by fear. Ask God, Lord, is this decision that I'm making one of fear? 
You know, we, and that's where that brutal honesty that Brett was talking about, just being humble and brutally honest on saying, God, you help me. You know, I, I see this as being reasonable. I see how many people that you, how many people do you, do you know that are always making choices and they're just unable or unwilling to, to justify their choice? Everybody justifies their decision. I need, to, I need to surrender that to God. Is this really fear? Or is this something that you have called me to do, that you're leading me to do? When, uh, when you are afraid or you feel overwhelmed or even confused, ask yourself this, where's my focus? Is it on Christ or the crisis? Is my focus on social media or my Savior? Is it on the opinions of others or the omnipotent one? Where's my focus? I need to ask, where is my focus? Look at this next verse. God is our place of safety. He gives us strength. He is always there to help us in times of trouble. The earth may fall apart. The mountains may fall into the middle of the sea, but we will not be afraid. The waters of the sea may roar and foam. The mountains may shake when the waters rise, but we will what? We will not be afraid. We will not respond in fear when fear grips our hearts, which we're all open to and susceptible to, no matter who we are. Refocus. Oh, isn't that what God was just trying to teach us as far as our focus and where, you know, our minds? Refocus. How, how do we do that? You know, a practical step. Limit social media. I know it's fun to go see what crazy things out there now, you know. And then, you know, we, you know, we want to kind of go, aren't they? No, no. One of the things, our Christian response is never, we can't be judging other folks. No, God's got that. And, and, you know, what he's convicting me of, I, I look out there and, and they'll hear me. I say, yo, boy, isn't that just stupid? What are they going to do with all that toilet paper? And so, you know, if you don't use that word. Uh, boy, I'm just glad that the Lord don't treat me that way. Huh? He wouldn't have anything else to say <laughs> except for stupid, 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 stupid. You know, you know thank you, Jesus. Um, l- limit social media. Prioritize His Word. L- look at this next verse. Um, so keep your thoughts. This is what He says. So keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic and real. Hey, guess what? As much as we idolize these bodies and all this stuff, right? This is it's going. Fixed on what is authentic and real, honorable and admirable, beautiful and respectful, pure and holy, merciful and kind, and fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising Him always. It's just take these thoughts and refocus. Take my mind. Take what's and not sticking our head in the sand, but it's like you're elevating our mind to the Creator of the universe. Saying, God, listen, you've allowed this. What would you have me do in the midst of this? I know there's a lot of opinions, a lot of stuff. Uh, but we also know there's wisdom and great counsel, right? And, and a multitude of counselors. You know, we, we, we want to hear what the scientists have to say and what the medical community has to say. Well, we cannot discount that. We, we want to hear that. We, we, we want to go to the CDC and say, what do you have to say? And, and, and we've done that in this process. 
And we need to be prudent and diligent in that process. But we also need to hear what God has to say. Because there were so many times we see that Jesus, because of God's call on him, he went into places that you weren't supposed to go to. And, and, and we need to know, understand what God's call in my life is. Because sometimes that's going to be going into the face of danger. It's not always going to be delivered from it. It's going to be maybe delivered in it, or God's going to be glorified through it, through whatever sufferings I experience. My avoidance of whatever, of, of the virus or whatever other thing is not, is not the ultimate goal. It's God's glory. Um, pray. He says, so don't worry, so how are we going to do that? Well, pray. We have, we, we have an opportunity today. Matter of fact, today has been proclaimed as a national day of prayer, you know, for our country to pray for the health care workers, to pray for the folks that are exposed, to pray for God's intervention on this. Uh, but pray. What a great opportunity for us, you know, as we are less and less distracted to spend time praying which demonstrates where our ultimate trust is. You know, so we can just kind of evaluate and assess, you know, how much more time have I spent in praying to the God of the universe who is in control than I have me trying to take control? Pray with thanksgiving. Third thing, rise up and be the church. Rise up and be the church. Here's what Denison said. The coronavirus presents a unique challenge to our world. Not since the Spanish flu uh, pandemic of 1918 have we faced a threat that affects us medically and financially on such a global scale. Other disasters like Katrina and all that, they uh, directly affect that area, just only that area. But the coronavirus so far transcends our ability to respond medically. Our financial means are not sufficient for this crisis, and it transcends borders and nationalities, potentially affecting everyone on our planet. But here's the good news. This unique challenge constitutes a unique opportunity for the gospel. If God's people will embrace the privilege of praying and caring for the sick while facing this epidemic. If God's people will do this with calm courage and faith in our Father, we will model the kind of relevant, empowering faith and community that our culture desperately needs. Our love will invite others to trust the love of our Lord. Wow, that's some good stuff. The truth is, is that our good God will redeem this present day crisis for his eternal purpose and our eternal good. I like the way Paul puts it here in, in, this, in this verse. He says, the things that you've learned and received and heard, uh, heard and seen in me, practice these things in daily life. He's saying all this, practice it. Practice it. It's not just something good to believe. Let it show in our actions, in our responses. Practice it. It's as we love one another, as we learn new ways to love one another, that the world will be impressed and will fall to their knees and go, that's what I'm looking for. By this, the world will know that you are my disciples. Now, I like this next verse. Look at it real quick. 
I like the way, uh, I th- uh, this may be the ESV. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Verse 5. Need to be reasonable, not reckless, reasonable. Let, let our, where does that come from? It comes from our great God. Every one of us in and of ourselves, well, that, that just made sense to me. How many stupid things, oh, see, I'll use that word again, have you done that made sense to you? But it's saying, let our reasonableness be known to everyone. That comes from God. What does that mean? As far as being reasonable, that, that means thinking, you know, thinking through it. Okay, our decisions, like in a time like this, because you're like, okay, I know that I want to you know, be with you, but you know, if there's a chance that I could get you sick and you die from it, then uh, you know, let's use reason on that. Uh, so you know, that's the reason we say you know, if there's some stuff that's going on, if you're feeling sick and all that kind of stuff, you know, be careful, be careful. That's the reason there's this social distancing, you know, that, that's going on right now. And, and we need to, to honor that to the extent that God would have us to. But there are also going to be times that uh, we may feel that we're at risk because we want to care for someone who is hurting. We see that's the history of the church and being followers of Jesus Christ. So, you know, how is that? Be reasonable. Uh, okay, I've never been, you know, a hand sanitizer kind of person. Do it out of love. Do it out of love. Wash them hands. Sing Amazing Grace. You know, do those 20 seconds. You know, there's all kind of little helps. Okay, pray for 20 seconds. You know, whatever they say. Whatever song it is you like, long enough to you wash your hands for that appropriate time. Do it out of love. Um, no hugs out of love. Um, share your hope in Jesus out of love. Uh, seek ways to, to really build. I think this is a time where, you know, we need to say, okay, God, help me understand. Because there, you know, there's a lot of people that are not here. You know what? They made a decision to stay at home. A good, okay, and they're going to feel more and more isolated. How can we as a church help them still feel really connected to the community? Ask God to show you how we can do that. Because He's all about community. Isolation breeds what? Delusion. Don't let, don't let isolation happen. We need, to, we need to be very, very intentional about this. Uh, seek ways to do that whenever we are uh, somewhat compromised in, in, in ways that we normally build community. Um, but also use this time as we are less distracted. Hey, this is really big for the guys. No sports? None. I mean, they, they were throwing up some kind of, they call it uh, adventures in ice skating, you know, on ESPN the other day. And I'm going, really? You know, I think I'd rather spend time with God. I'll go read my Bible. Good gracious. Hey, 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 but no, really, listen. You don't think God wants to use that to say, hey, spend some time with me. Hear from me. Let's, this is an opportunity for God to turn our up, world upside down. You're going, yeah, but I'm just a little old me. The, even Dr. Seuss said this. To the world, you may be one person, but to one person, you may be the world. Yeah, little old you and little old me can make a kingdom difference. If we just believe God and stop believing 
self-talk and think. Yes, we can make a difference. Um, I'm going to close with this. Thanks for uh, indulging me. I love what... Uh, we, we, Pray, pray, pray. This is a, a, t- a great time to pray and spend time with God. But the power of prayer lies not in the one who prays, but in the one who listens, right? All right. Listen to Max Locato. I like this. The Jesus of many people is small enough to be contained in an aquarium that fits on a cabinet. He never causes trouble or demands attention. If you want a goldfish bowl of Jesus, steer clear of the real Jesus Christ. He changes everything. No Jesus won't make you sexy, skinny, or clever. The Daniel plan will do that. No, Jesus won't make you sexy, skinny, or clever. Jesus doesn't change what you see in the mirror. He changes how you see what you see. He will not be silenced, packaged, or predicted. He is the pastor who chased people out of church. He is the prophet who had a soft spot for crooks and whores. He is the king who washed the grime off the feet of his betrayer. He turned a bread basket into a buffet and a dead friend into a living one. And most of all, he transformed a tomb into a womb out of which life was born, your life. Do you believe that Jesus is more powerful than the coronavirus? Do you believe that he can heal the sick? Do you believe that he can use this disease to show billions of non-Christians that they need him as Savior and Lord? Do you believe that he can empower his people to face this threat with courageous faith that will impact their culture? Do you believe that this global threat could spark a global spiritual awakening? If the answer is yes, here's the most practical question I can ask. Are you praying for Jesus to respond to the coronavirus epidemic in these ways. Let's pray. Father God, we just come before you and, and we just humble ourselves before you and acknowledge that you are a good, good God, that you love us and that you are always about your business, the mission of drawing people to yourself. Lord, we surrender these days ahead to you to spending time with you, to experiencing you, to encountering you, to allow you and your creative way to show us how to be the church in such precarious times, how to live by faith and not by sight, how to be salt and light in a world that desperately needs you. And Father, today we do pray, we do pray that your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. May your mighty hand be with all of our medical providers, all those that are caring for the sick. Lord, may your spirit of peace and comfort be on those who are frightened and afraid. Lord, we pray uh, that you would do such a work in your church here and across the world that the name that is above every name would be lifted up in this time and that there would be not only revival, but there would be spiritual awakening. Lead us today to truly pray for our nation and for our world and for your kingdom to come. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Crosspoint Community Church. You can find us on the web at crosspointonline.org. There, you'll find links to our social media accounts. We gather every Sunday at 11 a.m. in Roswell, Georgia. 
Tune in next week. 